the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Serving the Lord brings you closer to the Lord. Ministry keeps you on a short leash with God. Ministry keeps you close to God. Those who serve the Lord dwell closest to Him. And I would encourage you, fill your time with ministry. Fill your time with ministry. And you'll find just that you're drawing closer to the Lord. It could be said that the amount of effort you put into your relationships is how much you get out of them. Do you want to be close to your Savior? Spend time with Him? Serve Him? This will allow you to draw near. Today, Pastor Dan will explain the Israelites' home after being in captivity. Jesus is very specific about what's built and how the land will be divided. You will realize the importance of preparing your heart before you enter into the holy place of Jesus. Serve Jesus. See how close you find yourself. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 45, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Ezekiel 45. Well, just as a review, remember Ezekiel the prophet at this point, he is writing in captivity in Babylon. Uh, Judah is conquered. Jerusalem and the temple are destroyed. The Jewish people have been removed from their homeland and taken into Babylon as, as slaves. The people are disillusioned. They're discouraged. Uh, They're feeling hopeless because of what has happened in their nation. And in this final section of Ezekiel, which began in chapter 40 and goes to chapter 48, Ezekiel is given a vision of Israel's future. And in the vision, it's a vision of Israel reunified and restored in the kingdom age. So God gives the people of Israel this prophecy about their future as a people and a nation to comfort them and to encourage them in their current circumstances. You know, one reason that God gives prophecy in the Bible, and that's something that's unique to the Bible, one reason that God gives prophecy in the Bible is to comfort us and encourage us in our current circumstances. That's why it's important for us to study Bible prophecy and to look at what God says about what He will do in the future and His future restoration and His future victory. 
because we need the encouragement. We need the encouragement while we're living in a broken world. You know, 27% of the Bible is prophecy. Now, by comparison, uh, the New Testament makes up 22% of the Bible. 27% is prophecy. The New Testament is 22% of the Bible. I think that shows the importance to God that he places on prophecy in the Scripture. Right? To neglect prophecy is the equivalent of just neglecting the New Testament. I don't ever study prophecy. I'm not into prophecy. Well, 27% of the Bible is prophecy. And God gives Ezekiel this vision of a restored, unified Israel in the kingdom age, uh, greater than it's ever been before, to comfort the people that are in captivity in their circumstances, who are feeling disillusioned, who are feeling discouraged, or maybe feeling overwhelmed by what has happened, something they never expected to happen to their nation. And God is communicating through this prophecy that he's not finished with his people. And God still has a future plan for them and a future hope for them. Once again, just to remind you of the timeline, uh, we are living in the church age. The church age began with the crucifixion, resurrection, ascension of Jesus Christ. The church age lasts until the rapture of the church, when the church is caught up to heaven to be with the Lord. At some point after the rapture, you have the seven-year tribulation period that begins with a covenant that is established by the Antichrist that lasts for seven years. Uh, It ends with the second coming of Jesus Christ to the earth at the Battle of Armageddon at the end of the seven years. And Jesus will usher in the kingdom age when he rules and reigns upon the earth for a thousand years as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's sometimes called the Messianic Age or the Millennium, uh, the Kingdom Age. And that's what Ezekiel is looking ahead to. He's looking ahead to the Kingdom Age when Christ is reigning Upon the earth. In chapter 44, we saw that the priests and the Levites during the kingdom age, they were given regulations for serving in the temple. They were told how they should live. Now in chapter 45, they are told where they should live. I'll look at verse 1. Moreover, when you divide the land by lot into inheritance, you shall set apart a district for the Lord, a holy section of the land. Its length shall be 25,000 cubits and the width 10,000. It shall be holy throughout its territory all around. So in the kingdom age, God will divide the promised land, will divide the land of Israel among the 12 tribes of Israel, just as God divided the land for the 12 tribes of Israel in the Old Testament under Joshua. In the kingdom age, the land of Israel, Jesus will literally return to Jerusalem, to the land of Israel. That's where he will rule from. And he will once again reestablish Israel as a nation and divide the land among the 12 tribes, just like he did in the Old Testament times. And right in the middle of the land will be a holy section of land, a holy district for the Lord, right in the heart of the promised land. And God is going to put his temple there, right in the center of the land. Now, Colossians tells us that in all things, Christ should be preeminent. 
that Jesus Christ should be at the center of all that we do in our lives. And he gives us the measurements of this holy district that's in the middle of the land. He tells us it's 25 cubits by 10,000 cubits. It's a rectangle, and it's roughly eight and a half miles by three and a third miles. It covers 28 square miles. And again, it's designated as holy for the Lord. In verse 2, he says, Of this there shall be a square plot for the sanctuary, for the temple. 500 by 500 rods with 50 cubits around it for an open space. So the temple will be in this holy district that's in the middle of the country. And this temple, we've talked about this before, it'll be 500 by 500 rods. It'll cover one square mile. Right, so it's going to be huge. One square mile. And we're told here at the end of verse 2 that around the perimeter of the temple, there will be an open space that is 50 cubits wide, or 87 and a half feet wide, surrounding the temple. And the reason for this open space will be to set apart the sanctuary from the rest of the buildings. To set apart the sanctuary from everything else, so that the people will have an awareness and a reverence as they approach the sanctuary of God. Now remember, during the kingdom age, there will be some people that survive that, the tribulation period, and they will go into the kingdom age, right? And, they're, they're, and we're going to come back with Jesus Christ. We will be in our resurrected, glorified bodies when we return with Christ. And people will be going up to this temple in Jerusalem. We'll be going up to this temple. But there's an open space now around the temple And that is there just so everyone has an awareness and a reverence for the Lord as they approach the Lord. That open space will prevent anyone from just kind of wandering in to the presence of the Lord at the temple. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 1 it says, Walk prudently when you go to the house of God. Walk carefully or walk soberly as you go to the house of God. Of the Lord. And that's the purpose of this open space surrounding the temple to cause you to approach God soberly. In the second temple, the temple that Jesus went to, that was in Jerusalem, that was destroyed in 70 AD, the steps leading up to the temple in Jesus' day, the steps leading up to the temple, they, the, the treads of the steps had different widths to them. They alternated. We had a wide step and then a narrow step. And a wide step and a narrow step. And the purpose of that alternating tread was so that no one could just kind of casually run up into the presence of the Lord and enter the temple. You know how it is when you're going up a flight of stairs and you can kind of mindlessly run up the steps? Well, you couldn't do that at the temple. Because of the way that the stairs were designed, it caused you to slow down and consider how you're walking. You had to walk carefully before you entered the temple. Just like this open space that will be around this kingdom age temple, it causes you to slow down and consider that you are approaching the presence of the Lord. 
I think there's great application in this for us, and that's why I'm kind of laboring the point, I suppose. But before we come into the house of the Lord, we should examine how we are walking and prepare our hearts before we come in. Before we come into the sanctuary. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. On your way to church, while you're driving in your car, prepare your heart to meet with the Lord. Pray in your car on your way to church or on your way to a Bible study or whatever the case may be. Confess your sins if necessary. Listen to worship music. Maybe read the passage that we're going to study that day in church. Do that before you drive into the parking lot outside so that your heart is ready before you enter the building. Uh, Alexander McLaren, in his commentary, said, Worship begins before it begins. Worship begins before it begins. It's good to prepare your heart before you come to worship. And again, with this space, this open space around the temple, it just was, you know, it just raised awareness that you're approaching the temple, you're approaching the house of the Lord. Do it reverently, prepare yourself as you approach. Verse 3, so this is the district you shall measure, 25,000 cubits long, 10,000 wide. In it shall be the sanctuary, the temple, the most holy place, also known as the Holy of Holies, where God's presence dwells. Verse 4, it shall be a holy section of the land. Look what it says, belonging to the priests, the ministers of the sanctuary who come near to minister to the Lord, It shall be a place for their houses and a holy place for the sanctuary. So the priests who minister to the Lord will also live in this holy district around around the temple. Verse 5, and an area 25,000 cubits long and 10,000 wide shall belong to the Levites, the ministers of the temple. They shall have 20 chambers As a possession. So the Levites will also have a portion of the land to live in that is right next to the temple. So the priests and the Levites will live closest to the temple because they serve in the temple. Those who serve the Lord live closest to him. And this is true for us. This is why serving the Lord in ministry is so important for every one of us. You want to be close to the Lord? You want a closer walk with Jesus Christ? Start serving the Lord. Start serving the Lord. And as you do, you know what will happen? 
you'll find that you pray more. If you start serving the Lord, you'll find that you pray more, that you start reading your Bible more, that you confess your sins and repent more, that you ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit more often. I think this is so key here. Serving the Lord brings you closer to the Lord. Ministry keeps you on a short leash with God. Ministry keeps you close to God. Those who serve the Lord dwell closest to Him. And I would encourage you, fill your time with ministry. Fill your time with ministry. And you'll find just that you're drawing closer to the Lord. And walking closer with Him. And not only that, you'll experience not only the closeness with the Lord, but if you remember in John chapter 2, the wedding at Cana, remember that story? John chapter 2, the wedding at Cana, Jesus' first miracle where He turns the water to wine. And it was only the servants at the wedding who saw and knew about the miracle. None of the guests knew what was going on. And when you serve the Lord, you get to see the miracles. You get to see Jesus doing things behind the scenes in people's lives that the rest of the people, they don't get to see. That they're not aware of. The priests, the Levites, they dwell the closest to the Lord because they serve the Lord. Man, that's a, that's a great, great lesson for us. Verse 6 down. So you shall appoint as the property of the city an area 5,000 cubits wide, 25,000 long, adjacent to the district of the holy section. It shall belong to the whole house of Israel. So he's dividing up and apportioning the land here. Verse 7, the prince shall have a section on one side and the other of the holy district and the city's property and bordering on the holy district and the city's property extending westward on the west side and eastward on the east side, the length shall be side by side with one of the tribal portions from the west border to the east border. So the prince will possess land to the east and to the west of this holy district and to the east and west of the sanctuary. We talked about this prince that's mentioned here Uh, 14 times uh, from chapter 44 to chapter 47. And we talked about him last time. This prince, some believe, is Jesus Christ. I don't personally believe it's Jesus Christ because this prince makes sin offerings for himself. And Jesus is sinless. Some He also has sons. His sons are mentioned in chapter 46. Jesus was never married, had no sons. Some believe that it is David, King David. Uh, The Old Testament saints will be resurrected in the kingdom age. And so some believe that this is David serving as a prince, you know, as kind of a co-leader with Jesus, not equal to Jesus, but serving under Jesus. So it's possibly David. Others believe it's one of David's descendants. We don't know who this prince is, but there is this leader, this prince, in Jerusalem, that plays a prominent role in the kingdom age. We'll see when we get there. Verse 8, 
So the land shall be his possession in Israel, this land designated for the prince. And my princes, plural, so this is talking about leaders now, the leaders in the kingdom age, shall no more oppress my people, but they shall give the rest of the land to the house of Israel according to their tribes. Thus says the Lord God, enough, O princes of Israel, remove violence and plundering. The word plundering here, it means to ruin or destroy. So the leaders of the country ruined it and destroyed it. Execute justice and righteousness and stop dispossessing my people, says the Lord God. Dispossessing here means to drive out or expel, to expel people, says the Lord God, verse 10, you shall have honest scales, an honest ephah, an honest bath. He's going to give measurements here that don't really mean much to us, but he's talking about having honest scales, honest measurements. The ephah and the bath shall be of the same measure so that the bath contains one-tenth of a homer. Again, we don't use these measurements, do we? And an ephah, one-tenth of a homer. Their measure shall be according to the homer. The shekel shall be 20 giras, 20 shekels, 25 shekels, and 15 shekels shall be your mina. He's talking here about having fairness, honest scales. And again, he's talking about the leaders here. And what the Lord is doing now is he's contrasting the leaders that will rule during the kingdom age under Jesus Christ, who is the king of kings, He's contrasting them with the leaders in Ezekiel's day. The leaders in Ezekiel's day who led the nation to destruction, the leaders in Ezekiel's day were corrupt. They were dishonest. In Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 27, the Lord says this about the leaders, your leaders are like wolves who tear apart their victims They actually destroy people's lives for money. The political leaders of the nation were corrupt. And they used people. They didn't care about the people. They used them. They destroyed people's lives for their own personal gain. They ruined people's lives. They dispossessed God's people and expelled them and cast them out of their own land and their own property. Can you imagine? Can you imagine corrupt political leaders who destroy their own people's lives for their own personal and political gain? Of course you can. It's not a trick question. (laughs) Of course you can. Ezekiel wrote this 2,500 years ago about his leaders. This shows us that this is human nature. And human nature doesn't change Leaders have always been this way throughout human history. As Solomon said, there is nothing new under the sun. Nothing's changed. And you should know that as we get closer and closer to the end of this age, the Bible says things will get worse in this world for God's people. Not better. Worse. And we believe the Bible. We believe what it says. And the Bible clearly says that things will get worse for God's people. He 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet of God, and though he was faced with the difficult job of speaking hard truths, he also spoke of great hope. Even though the Israelites were constantly disobeying God, God was still faithful to them and offered a way of restoration. This is what Ezekiel so boldly proclaimed, and this is what God also offers to you. If you'd like to learn more about Ring of Truth, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. You'll also find information about the church behind this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We have a heart for spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with, and all are welcome to come and worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. If you're ever in the area on a Sunday morning, we'd love for you to join us for a time of worship and Bible study. We'll study God's Word together and strengthen each other through prayer and fellowship. Come by and meet Pastor Dan and all of us here at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. For service times and location information, visit calvaryec.com or give us a call at 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. That's all we have time for today, but be sure to join Pastor Dan as he shares more from the book of Ezekiel on the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize